You are listening to High Shelf Gaming Podcast, a podcast where myself, David Gillespie, and my friend Rich often talk about board games and role-playing games and gaming conventions with uh, really anything that's nerdy and fun that we all want to talk about. We're going to pretty much talk about it here at this podcast. So thanks for downloading and having a listen, and uh, please enjoy. This is David, and welcome to my podcast. I just got back from Gen Con, 50th anniversary for that convention, a huge gaming convention. I was there with my buddy Rich, uh, and he, he's joined me today. Uh, so Rich, why don't you introduce yourself? David, thanks so much for having me on your uh, first podcast. Super excited. First thing I've done like this. Um, Rich, old-time gamer, been around since the Atari, you know, 2600, four paddle, four switch, AD&D, and, um, you know, basically up from that. Uh, Gravitated a lot lately into board games, and so, uh, you know, enjoying that. Always enjoy playing at Gen Con and, uh, you know, just all around nerd life, big geek. Yeah, yeah. Likewise, likewise. Yeah, I, I think I got started on uh, Nintendo, right? Nintendo, Sega, mm. all that stuff. And then got into role-playing back with um, D&D and White Wolf. White Wolf was really big oh. when I was yes. in high school. Uh, and now board games like you, you know, and then Gen Con every mm-hmm. year if I can swing it. So we were both at Gen Con. We got to see a lot of things, do a lot of things. This year is kind of packed. I mean, it was it was a big year. Um I don't know if there was like 40,000 people, 50,000 people or what. They count their audience, but they count it by like each day you show up counts as one. So like I went, oh. four, I went four days, you went four days, right? Mm-hmm. So that's yes. four for you, four for me. Um, so based on that style of accounting, they had something crazy like 208 or 204,000 people were there this wow. year. Wow, you know – David, I think last year that number may have been like sixty-four thousand. Wow! If yeah, I re, I re, I think last year something like that was maybe sixty-four or sixty-eight thousand. And turnstile sounds right, like I've heard that before. If that's the case, that's crazy. How many more people were there? Yeah, I mean it was a it was a packed year. I, I remember there were several yeah. times where I was like walking through, say, the dealers' hall or going to a game. I was like, oh man, all right, there's a lot of people here. Like, I don't, I'm not afraid of, I'm not afraid of people or nothing, but there's a lot of people around me at all times. I've got a secret for you and the listeners. When you get in that situation, which happened to me a couple times too, either going to the exhibit hall or in the the lines there, was if you feel people are getting a little too close, just yell out, oh my God, I'm going to (laughs) puke. And at that point, everyone moves. It is amazing how people that will ignore you, if you're like, excuse me, sir, and you just say, oh, my God, I'm going to puke, and they are gone. And then you're like, oh, I feel better now to the ones that maybe stuck around to see you. But it works. Clears the space. Listeners, you just picked up a Gen Con tip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just fake, just just broadcast you're going to puke, and then they'll they'll run for the hills. That's good. I like it. Yeah, so um, what else about Gen Con? One, it was so crazy this year. They sold out of every ticket, right? They sold out of all the passes, mm-hmm. I should say. So, like, you couldn't get a four-day pass day of. You couldn't get a Saturday pass day of. That, yeah, that was all That's gone. Right. You and I have this whole system down for going to Gen Con. You got you to gotta register as soon as you can to get a pass, and then they open up events later. Yeah, your career has a more... housing portal. 
got to get in the event listing. Yeah. You got and we got to do all that at the right time. So we end up with these group video calls, and we're all ready to hit the buttons right at noon or at one p.m. And the next thing you know, we're all just clicking away, going bye, 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 sell, sell, sell. <laughs> um, you we, know, I have a feeling uh, we have as much intensity as the stock market. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I was on one of those calls once, um, and I remember like I had I had gotten all my games registered, like all the things I wanted to go to, because the way it works is you you tell the system, hey, there's the games I want, and you can buy games for each other, right? Like I yeah. I think I'd bought a game for you, and you were set up to buy games for me, and and the and the computer just randomly assigns you uh, a place in line. It's got however many thousands of people and it says, all right, Rich, you're number 6,000. David, you're number 384. And that's what happened. Pretty much every year. Right. I'm number 6,000. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and none of your stuff is available, right? Because after 6,000, yeah. they're all gone. But so yeah. I was like really well positioned one year, but I hadn't registered for anybody else's games. <laughs> <laughs> and so We all hated you that Yeah. Year. So I had everything I wanted and your whole crew was like, David, we got on this call so we could buy games for one another so that whoever got the best position got the games for everybody. And I was like, oh, that was why we're doing this. <laughs> Whoops. Say lovey. We live and learn. Yeah, yeah. But now I'm on program. You know, like we'll, we'll buy games for friends so that we can get the games we need. So what did you see this year? What did you get to play this year? Oh, Really great question. You know, I, I go there and I, and I think of some of the traditional things we do and I stick to them and we, and we get those. We, we buy them all for each other. And then um, while walking around, I definitely try and look for new games, interesting games, maybe things that are outside of my normal genre of playing. Mm -hmm. um, and some things are just previews. Like uh, the two that come to mind immediately are uh, Captain Sonar, which was outside of my normal genre base. Sure. And then um, Firefly Adventures. Brigands and Browncoats. It was a preview game coming out that I wanted to see and I was able to get to play. Um, you know, it, you know, the rules seem pretty well flushed, but uh, I got a chance to do that. Your, yourself, David, what did you come home with that was top-notch stuff? Well, so I got to play a couple of things. Um, one, every year I go, I go there to play uh, Heroes of Rokugan, which oh, is yeah, yeah. yeah, which is a, a role-playing game set in a mm -hmm. uh, ancient. Asian fantasy land with samurais and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. I play that every year. And then mm -hmm. um, another game I play a lot, which it, not maybe not every year, but a lot, is called Eclipse Phase. Um, and that's a, like a sci-fi role-playing game. Yeah, real brutal, real hardcore, lots of fun. And then um, I got to play a, a sneak preview, just like you were mentioning, of a game called Masters of Orion board game. Now, Masters yeah. of Orion was a computer game back in the I think nineties or something like that. And oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was real popular back then. And now they're coming out with a board game with it. So I got to do kind of a sneak preview there. And, um, you know, that's one of the cool things about Gen Con is you get to play a lot of games before they're out. And, bo and really there's games there you can't even play anywhere else. And I know we're going to have a couple episodes about those down the road, but up front and personal is probably like true dungeon for you, right? You play oh, that yeah. tons. We got a heck of a crew, and, and that's really our main reason for being at Gen Con. We, we yeah. you know, we have a, a team, and you know, someone's this, you know, someone's a bard, someone's a ranger, someone's a wizard, and we go yeah. into those true dungeon adventures. And uh, you know, I, I think we've been playing since the early 2000s. I, I man, I was trying to think, we were trying to think if 13 or 
I don't know. I'll have to check if we yeah. go to talk about that. And you invite me back right. as a guest. I could uh, I could chime in a little about some of those great True Dungeon oh, adventures. De- wink, yeah, wink. definitely, definitely. We need to do just an episode only on True Dungeon because it's so unique yeah. and so interesting, and it, it needs its own thing for sure. We got to play a couple of the games together. I think we'll do episodes on those, like the Doctor Who board game and all that kind of stuff. Oh, good. Those need to be their Preview own. Preview game. Yeah, yeah, that was really fun. Yeah. Um, but okay, uh, let's talk about Captain Sonar. Like, what was the? Wh- how'd you get to play it? And like, what was the? What was your take on it? Oh, I think the guy yelled out as I was walking by, um, "Captain Sonar in the deep. No one, no one can hear you scream when you die, or something like that." And I was yeah. like, "Oh, I'm in." And, um, you know, we, we, my son was with me. Uh, he's a 26 year old. So, yeah, um, yeah. I had him when I was 10. So, um, we went and, uh, we'll so you're 36. Play. Got it. That's right. Yeah. That's pretty much right. And we went to go play and it's like one of these, these games. that's really awesome. You remember battleship, how, you know, your opponent's on one side and yeah. you're on the other, right? So sure. player A and player B and yeah. player A can't see player B stuff, and player B can't see players A stuff. So we, yeah. it's kind of that same idea. Yeah, you got some but secrets. It's made for oh yeah, total secrets. Made, but yeah. it's made for eight people to play. So four on one side of the table and Whoa. four on another side of the table. Okay. And well, I just told you it was me and Rob, right? So mm-hmm. um, really, we only had two people. Well, we played the four-person variant where there would be two on one side mm. and two on the other, mm-hmm. and we both handled each station so one of us was the captain and one of us was the or one of we were the captain and the navigator on both sides and you know it's kind of like a little bit of a telephone game that the captain always announces whether they go north south east or west Mm -hmm. and the navigator for the other team has to record that now they don't know where you started okay they just know you went north and then they then you say you go east and then you say you went north again and then you say you went west well that creates this little map of segments that you've traveled Mm -hmm. on the map the navigator is taking this record of what you've done and comparing it to the map the map has obstacles you know underwater anomalies islands i can't remember all this stuff there but sure once you start traveling six or seven segments you can start seeing how it has to fit only in certain areas of the board so next thing you know you're telling your captain where he's going and yeah. you start trying to go to shoot him, right. you have to get close, like within five segments or something. Sure. So you see this whole relationship of, you know, Captain A says, I went east. The navigator has to hear it right. Mm-hmm. If they hear west. Well, he wrote it down wrong. He has uh, to communicate to his captain, who's announcing their their underwater north, south, east, or west, to yeah. the other side. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's rules about surfacing. There's rules about if you can't go over your own path, like old snake. Remember uh-huh. how you can't go back on snake? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's some things where you can't go on your old path, so maybe you have to surface. But the general gist of it is, I bet if you had, you know, a bunch of friends together, a couple beers and pretzels, you guys would sit down and just have a blast playing this game it had really great replay value because everybody could trade positions. You know, we only played oh, yeah. navigator and captain, but they had like two other things. I don't, I don't know if there was a sonar thing. I don't know if there was a weapons thing, but sure. they had two other deals. Yeah. Um, definitely some I wanted to look at. And while it was weird when we got done playing, we were totally jazzed. It was a real fun little game. And uh, we said, where do we buy it? Get yeah. my money. Yeah. And um, they said, uh, yeah, exclusively at Target. 
And I was like, are you kidding? You guys got like a 30 by 30 booth. What? And it's exclusively, yeah. It's from Asmodee or, you know, I, I'm, I mess up all these names, David. You know oh, that. no, no. I know who uh, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's from those guys. Um, I did look when I got home. You can get it on Amazon. Some of the small shops, you know, um, local boutiques online sure. seem to have that, not Logan Paul. And you can, you know, pick those things up uh, from them online or go to your Target and get it. It's definitely going to be on our Christmas list. So, I think that would be a lot of fun with the whole family. That, okay, that kind of that kind of surprises me that it's available at Target. You know, because Target isn't Bizarre. like... Right, it's not a... Not a gaming yeah. shop. It's not where I'd go to find an interesting game, but come to your gaming headquarters, Target. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. like the gaming store, the comic store. That's my gaming headquarters. That's where I go to yeah. buy games. But I don't know. That, that's kind of cool. Like it seems like it's a cool like team building type thing. Like mm-hmm. you could. Uh, Ooh, good idea. You could be like, hey boss, I'm gonna go down to Target yeah. and pick up a a game, and let's do a team building thing on. It's like, okay, cool. You're gonna go to Target. That's nothing, you know. There's nothing, nothing too weird is gonna come out of that adventure. And then you show up with this like advanced version of Battleship, <laughs> where everybody's got to do certain rules, otherwise you blow yourself up or something weird, you know. Like, boss, I'm going to Fantasy Lair Underground Hobbit Adventures to yeah. pick up a team building event. Yeah, yeah, he's not going for that one. Right? Yeah, no, that's no. the one he's not going for. Yeah, but yeah. How to get gaming in the workplace? That should be an episode. That'd yeah. be a lot of fun. Oh yeah, um, that's a good idea. Well, so yeah, I re- really enjoyed that myself. Was there uh, and fun? Just good old fun. That's good. Um, that's good. Did Rob David, like it? On your side of the fence, let me. You know, I'm getting nervous talking so much. On your yeah. side of the fence, what'd you see? Oh yeah. So um, let's talk about Masters of Orion. That's an easy one. Um, so that one is a, it's a board game that they, that they're coming out with. Um, and okay. So the way the computer game worked, cause you're going to have to kind of know where it started. The way the computer game worked was very much like, I don't know if you ever played uh, cosmic encounters board game or, Oh, I, you know, it's crazy as I'm pretty sure I played masters of Orion and when oh, okay. you were talking about it being old school, I kind of used my, my intranets over here. <laughs> And, yeah, um, yeah it, it, Micropose. I okay. mean, this is some yeah. pretty cool stuff. This yeah, is yeah, from yeah. back in the day, yeah. Yeah, Micropose, man, they made all the good games. They did, like, XCOM. They did um, a couple other things that were really, really kind of instrumental back before they were purchased by EA. Um, okay, so Masters of Ryan, you pick a race, and the race gives you abilities and all this kind of stuff in the game and, and really kind of sets you up. And, like, you could play really crazy races. Like, there was a race in Masters of Ryan that you were a crystal. Like, literally a mineral out of a cave had grand, grand, gained sentience and spacefaring technology. So, I mean, they were all over the place in terms of races. This game is not that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> there are two races. Um, come right out of the box, and the races determine what how powerful your ships are and how your star bases work and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so the way it works is it's it's a versus game. You and a player sit down across from each other, and you've got this shipyard, and you're building things in the shipyard. And you get maybe you buy a ship, and then you can use that ship to attack them, attack their ships, or other things in the shipyard. And the oh. important thing there is. There are some items in this game that you can't buy in one turn. So you'll get your little like purchase tokens, your command tokens, whatever those are to like make things and bring them into the game. And you may bank a couple into your big super cool ship. 
and you're not going to be able to buy it in one turn. So you're going to have to wait and let it sit there in the shipyard getting built. Oh, I, you know, it's funny. You mentioned XCOM a minute ago. I'm starting to see even some, yeah. you know, we love playing the board game XCOM. And, you know, everybody's trying to manage their resources and yeah. their command points. And th that sounds very much in that same vein. Yeah, yeah, very, yeah. Very challenging. Yeah, exactly. So you have to kind of bank some stuff for expectation to pay out later. But while it's getting banked, on the other person's turn, they could come along and try to attack that. And if yeah, they are successful... Buddy. That big ship is gone before he even left the dock. So there's some... Watch the world burn. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's some real neat, like, um, uh, you know, long-term thinking you have to do to play that game. Now, I only got to play it for, I don't know, 10 minutes or so. It's just a demo. But mm. I could see how it could get bigger. And they said the way they're going to do it is they're going to start with one box that has two races. And if you want to play four-player, well, you just buy two boxes. And, and that's what you get. You get two boxes and oh. each player gets their own race. But down the road, they're going to add more races. And so you could end up with, you know, three or four boxes and be able to do a really big game. And everybody's got their wow. own races with their own stuff and all that kind of stuff. So um, so it's pretty neat, pretty neat uh, strategy for them to say, no, we're going to start off as a two-player game. And, you know, if you want more than two players, just buy more boxes. And it's it was pretty cheap. It was like, well, I say cheap. It was like 40 bucks. Or thirty something. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, most yeah. board games these days you're spending what sixty dollars, sixty for yeah. a normal board game, right? You're probably spending yeah. more for one of the big ones. Yeah, that's like you know, and that's one of those that might be a great strategy for them. You know, it starts off, people like it, they support the game. All of a sudden, there's that additional funding to develop more races, which then right. develop more races, which then develop more races. Right. So, um, you know, as, as the community supports it, it grows bigger. Yeah. So go buy it, people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. We should just turn this into an ad for every game we want people to buy so that our games have long futures is what we should do. <laughs> That's right. Hey, we are not Logan Paul selling merch here, but That's right. we can try. That's right. Tell me about uh, Firefly. How was that? Like, I'm a huge fan of the whole Firefly oh, world, so that's dangerous. I know, dude. Right? It could be a bad I game. <laughs> so I own every game. That says Firefly on it. I mean, I got like this Yahtzee thing. I got these no. cards. I wait, got. Wait, wait, wait! It stop, is like stop, stop, uh, stop. There's a Firefly Yahtzee, and you it, have it, it. It, it, dude. It looks like the ship. I mean, it's like <laughs> yeah, maybe I gotta buy it. Um, okay. and, and most people don't know this, but I, I dress up like Captain Mal often and go to work, and people just don't know. They're like, yeah. "Why does that guy always have the brown coat on?" He's but, got he's got the vest with the gun. It's weird. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> But yes, I, I pretty much buy anything that says Firefly. I have a great time with it. Um, and so when I saw this preview coming out, um, I went in with expectations. Not super high, not super low. It's from Gale Force 9. Um, you know, so I, I sat down to play. They had great, um, you know, instruction. They had uh, some folks really giving us a quick rundown on the rules. Um, and as we played, I enjoyed it. And as we played, I saw replay value. Um, you kind of start with a placard, which is your character just being all cool. They call it like uh, slouchy style. I mean, they, they had a word that is like, I'm not being crazy. Uh -huh. And then you flip the placard over and you're in heroic mode. 
Ah, and that okay. is like, oh yeah. So you you know, Mal being all sneaky's normal, and then Mal flipped over is heroic, and um, you know that plays in a little bit later with the rules. Okay. But you get your placard and it gives you your base skills, and it's a dice rolling game. So you if you want to talk somebody out of something, well you got to roll so many talky points, mm. and so your placard gives you some, or maybe it gives you fighting. You know, oh. points because you're Jane. Jane has more fighting than talking. That's right, just kind yeah. of part of the game. Yeah. So, um, and to customize and make each game a little different, you get some money. And I think if you're playing a hard game, you probably don't get a lot of money. If you're mm-hmm. playing an easy game, well, you give yourself a little more money. Mm-hmm. And they have a deck, and the deck has equipment. And so you're shuffling through, looking at it, and you're buying things, and you're outfitting your team. And, um, again, Rob was there, and we had two randos who mm-hmm. were really into playing. Um, they, they, they knew the characters. They, they liked to cooperate. They were talking, so that made it even better. Oh, that's so cool. uh, we went through, and we blew all of our money. And we, we made sure someone had fancy duds. We made sure Jane had grenades. And, um, you know, I was Captain Mal, of course. And yeah. I made sure I – well, I wouldn't say I made sure. Well, I got a gun, you know, his pistol. So yeah. that was pretty cool. Sure. And um, we played this scenario on a, on a board. And it wasn't just a 2D board. It was 3D. It was oh. – um, the rooms themselves were little pop-ups to oh. where – um, you know, you look inside, they had decorations, and they kind of fit the theme of what you were doing. If you were trying to get to a computer, there was a room that had a little computer console in it. Um, and you have little minis that mm. move along the map. Mm-hmm. And uh, so our mission was to get to the computer, open some doors, save a guy, and get him to the ship. And, dude, we blew it up. Um, we had the right team, the right people, the right equipment. We, um, of course, went at this with... Well, it's, you know, there's bad guys, too, of course. Well, sure. It wouldn't be a game if there weren't bad guys. Right, right. Um, So there's bad guys on there, and they're protecting these doors. So we said, let's go with the idea that we try and talk these bad guys into doing something. So so real quick, are are the bad guys run by other players, or is it everybody's cooperative? No, they're run by their card. Okay. So um, when it's their turn, it's their card. And so we went in with the idea we'll parlay and then get the guy, maybe have a little shooting. Yeah. Well, the turn order is really interesting. It Think about like a TV scene that, you know, everything takes seconds and, uh, you know, um, you move along the outside of the board, not on victory points like you would with uh, trains or some of those other games where oh, sure. along the outside, you know, you're adding up your victory points. Uh-huh. Everybody has a little token and you're trying to get to the highest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are time segments. And so everybody starts at zero, and you determine your first order, and then everybody does actions, and those actions move you up the time ladder. So if I just walk, well, that might only move me up two seconds. Well, if I run, well, that might move me up four seconds because it takes longer. Well, if I'm going to walk and then shoot, well, that might be eight seconds. Ah. So you could be the last person to move on turn one, and because you did a really slow kind of thing, you could be the first person to go on turn two. So there's never a set order, and the bad guys are in this same little phase to where at one point all the bad guys kind of were spread out. One would go, one would go, one would go, and at one point they all glumped up to where it was all three at once got to do their turn or action. So it really made for an interesting dynamic, you know – that's really cool. Like, like the way to to manage your actions, because normally, like, you play a game and what, no matter what you do, costs you the same amount of time. Yes, quote unquote. You know, like I'm gonna dive to cover. I'm gonna do a thing, and it's gonna cost you the same as if you ran or shot or did whatever. So that's that's and really it's cool. Your turn. 
Yeah, that's it. That's all you get, right? And then you're all going to go in order. You're going to go around the table. That's really cool that, like, if you play conservatively, you get more actions. But you're not and we had doing to do as that. much. And there were some yeah. times we talked as a team. You know, we all you know we got our comms on. Yeah. And it was, hey, I need you to just go here and be ready for next turn. And then that's what they did. They, you know, the yeah. other guy just moved a little bit. And then the next turn starts, and they're first. So they get to change the order of the game because maybe, you know, in our case, we parlayed. And then, of course, all hell break loose because right. we messed something up. Because the parlay didn't work. Yeah. yeah. And then we just shot everybody. And so as we went to shooting everybody, at that point, it became really important to go first and get in the right spots. Right. You know, and again, good coordination, good team made that come together. But, man, you could see how, you know, you equip things differently. You make different decisions. Uh, sure. The bad guys even roll differently. And, uh, you know, the games are different. You know, yeah. you could play that same scenario, change people out to different positions um, and have some high replay value. Uh, you know, I was uh, very impressed. You know, we got done. We got to write some notes down about the design and what we thought. So, uh, you know, kind of pass some of those things on. Yeah. Um, I, but I think it was it was pretty baked. It was ready for prime time. When really? We played it. That's so, cool. That's cool. You, all around. You, I'm glad to hear that because it's one of those things, like whenever they make a game after a movie, man, that's such a roll oh. of the dice. Like they're more often than not, they're bad. Yeah. You know, but that's cool that that one was a good, like, that was a fun game, right? I mean, that was good. It was, okay. Definitely. Takeaway is, it's on the list. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it says Firefly. I'll buy it anyways. But it's on the list, and, and hopefully we'll play it more than just sitting on my shelf. With, you're you're know, such a Firefly junkie. Firefly games. Yeah. You're such that's a, right. You're such a junkie for it, but it doesn't matter, because this one you'll actually play. Maybe not that's right. Space Yahtzee, but... <laughs> I'm bringing that next time we get together. Okay, just so you can enjoy the beauty of Firefly Yahtzee. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, please, please. But do. yeah, you know that was a, that was a good time, and mm -hmm. um, you know, funny that almost everything I looked at seemed to be kind of board game based, and I and I'm you know the last two items you kind of went through were those are both role playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Taylor, let's talk about uh, let's talk about here's Rokugan first because that one is yes. Is uh, I, I do that one every year uh, with my wife, Kelly. Um, and uh, Heroes of Rokugan, for those that haven't played it before, is a, a role-playing game set in the world of Rokugan, which is uh, based on a card game. So there's a card game out there called Legends of the Five Rings, and it's all about the, you know, kind of a fantasy world of samurais and ninjas and these... Uh, spellcasters called uh, Shugenja. And the, the way the spellcasting works is they're summoning the power of the kami, which are the spirits that inhabit the land. You know, so it's very, you know, there's a lot of Confucianism in there, a lot of like Chinese and Korean and Japanese influences in this game. And we play the role-playing game. Oh, dear David. Yeah. You, and, and dear listeners that are listening, David invited me to this one year. <laughs> And you oh, know I, that's a know lot of flavor going on there. Yeah, I and I came and joined the table, and you know I play a samurai, and he's young and cocky, so I'm I'm role playing. Yeah. And we get to the first town, and maybe I may have been a little too cocky because the game master or GM, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I GM, they GM. Call him, yeah. yeah. Throughout a, I kind of bumped another samurai, and he kind of grabs his sword and you know, and I, and I say, fuck that. I'm attacking this dude. And everybody at the table is like, what? 
I'm like, no, you don't bump into me and say it's my fault. And uh, I go to have a duel, and yeah, the dude killed me. So uh, it's a deadly game. There's a lot of really fun things there. You know, wizards and sujis and kami, but yeah. don't get cocky because yeah. you will die. But yes, go back to So yes, no. I have played with you this before for like 10 minutes. But no, you're right. You're right. You're right. It's a very deadly game. And that's one of the things I like about it is that your decisions, man, they, they'll punish you quick if you're not. If you're oh, not yeah. smart about it, you know, if you don't, if you don't play smart, you'll get swacked real quick in, uh, cut in half. In yeah, 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 yeah. So one oh, of the yeah. things, okay. So systematically the way that works is, you know, uh, L5R, uh, Rokugan, they have a, an interesting system where you roll a big pool of dice based on your skills. So your character that you're taking care of, that character has skills in like, you know, sword fighting or jumping and hiding or whatever. Um, so you roll a bunch of dice and then you keep only so many of those dice. So it's called the roll keep system. You roll say seven dice and you get to keep say four of them. And that determines how well you did. Did you, did you swing well? Did you strike or did you, uh, miss? And the game has this explosion concept where if the dice rolls, you know, max points on the die, well, you roll another die and you add that. And if that rolls max points, you roll another die. And you just keep getting a bigger and bigger number. So I think that's what happened to you. I think that... Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had like four die that yeah. I rolled. And this guy, this dude behind the, the screen picks up like a handful. And he's like, chugga, 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 chugga. And throws them down and then picks up another handful and goes, oh, chugga, chugga, chugga. And yeah, so I was a very little samurai. And that dude was like old kick-ass samurai. But yes, go on. I'm sorry. No, no, you're right. Yeah. So, so yes, you you got killed pretty quick. I think it was like a one-cut mm-hmm. thing. I think he's like, the sword mm-hmm. left his scabbard and your dude was in half. That doesn't happen all the time, but that happens a lot. Like you got to be careful in this game, and that's uh, that's one of the things I like about it. It's just it's just one of those deals where it can be rough. And so these guys, heroes of Rokugan, uh, they're real cool. They do it. It's called a living campaign, and most of the big D like D and D and Pathfinder and all this, they all have living campaigns. But this one is a small group. It's maybe like. Maybe 200 people, maybe 100 people. I don't know. At Gen Con, it's usually about 100, 150 people that show up. Um, and everybody's in the same room, and you're all samurai sitting at different tables. And your actions in at your table, the things that you do, directly influence the world that every other table now has to deal with. So, like, the first game we played, my wife and I, we were investigators. And we had, we had moved into this town that was... Uh, uh, it was once a foreign land, and, and our empire, Rokugan, had captured this city and, and were using it as a colony. And when we showed up as players, the whole city was in strife. All of the different families were warring with one another. And you can imagine, like, old-school samurai uh, with clans and masters and all that kind of stuff. And everybody's bickering, and they're fighting in the streets. And it's it's not a good picture because we just conquered this city. The... Empire we stole it from is going to come back for it. And they've got an army coming. Like, we know it's coming. And our job at this table was to figure out what was going on in the in this city to make everybody fight amongst themselves. 
before the enemy army shows up. Because if we didn't solve that problem, well, we'd be lambs to the slaughter because we'd all be fighting amongst ourselves and the army would just... And the GM has all those dice and you don't have all those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. So, yeah, so, so yeah, exactly. So you have to be careful, right? You can't just, you know, shoulder check anybody and challenge them to a duel because they're going to throw mm -hmm. a big fistful of dice at you and you're going to die. Mm -hmm. But no, this was... We did investigate parlay, ask the right questions, decide who to help, who to hurt, you know, all that kind of stuff in order to quell the unrest in the city. And then later we play this huge battle interactive where again, we're all, all the players are together and you can only do this at a place like Gen Con where you've got all your players together for one huge game. And at the battle interactive was, you know, weeks later uh, after the first game where the enemy army has shown up. And they're, we're going to war right now. And your character and you, are, you're sitting at a table with, say, I don't know, eight or nine other people. And your group is a squad in the army in this war that's happening oh, right no. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, like, we're defending a city. So there are guys on the wall, right? And there are tables where all these tables over here are the guys on the wall. And they're fighting on the wall. Yeah. Okay, so every table in the room, and it's eight or ten, I'm sure, sure. and there's eight or ten people per table. Yeah. You guys are working collaboratively from different aspects of the same battle. Right. Yes. Wow. Absolutely. Were you guys communicating from table to table, like literally yelling at each other from table to table? Right, yeah. So that's part of it, right? Like you're in a unit. And maybe I like my table. We were cavalry, so we were up on horseback, riding out in the field, harassing the bad guys. We couldn't necessarily have a conversation with the other table, but we could shout. Oh, yeah. You know, we could shout, yeah. and as long as the other players heard what we shouted, they could act on that. And there were times where what we did at our table made it easier for the other tables. Or one table had a catastrophe; they lost the objective. Whatever they were fighting got loose or um or they were defeated that problem comes to us because we're the next <laughs> we're the uh, next you guys are having a hard time on your table but yeah here's some more demons Good yeah luck. <laughs> yeah yeah here's some more bad guys sorry buddy yeah, yeah so like we had that kind of going on it was kind of cool like there were two cavalry tables we could see one another on the battlefield so we could help each other a little bit you know like we coordinated a couple of things and that was pretty cool but the whole event Based on all the actions of every table, you knew what was going on. So, like, when the uh, apparently there were palace guards, one of the tables was a set of palace guards. Well, the enemy had snuck into the city, emerged from the palace, and there was fighting in the palace, you know, in the throne room. And uh, we heard one of the big players that are in our community. He died. He got killed by the big bad guy. And you heard like this call come out of the room of, you know, of like just gasping as this guy died. And we're like, oh man, what just happened? Um, and all the neighboring tables were actually physically close to the palace and they were impacted by that. They were, they were, they were, wow. their morale was infected, you know, whereas we out in the field as cavalry, we weren't because we had no, our players had no knowledge of that. Right. Um, and then when our cavalry had a big, uh, had a big victory, we, like my table specifically killed a bunch of war elephants. We shouldn't have been able to kill them all, right? We just we did really, really well. Good tactics, good teamwork. Exploding the lice. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah. popcorn. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So all that stuff, our impact out there helped all the guys on the wall, right? Because all the guys see the cavalry going out there killing these elephants, and they're like, oh, man, they're great. Now we don't have to fight the elephants morale boost, you know? So it's kind of cool. Like you could see how your group was helping everybody else and how other groups having a hard time was harming everybody else. And it's kind of a cool, like, we're all in this together, this, like, 150-person room, and, like, I don't know, it's just really neat. You can't, you can't do that anywhere but at a Gen Con. Yeah. Yeah. That, you, you know, and that's try and do something like that, if, you know, with, like, a, a league event where every comic store or every game store is right. running it with their only 10 people and they report results. Yeah. And then that, re, you know, you, that just doesn't work. I bet right. you guys had a lot of energy. Yeah. There was a lot of laughing. There was yeah. a lot of crying. I bet it was a, a really good time. And, yeah. man, speaking of crying, ready to talk about Eclipse Phase? Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, we should. We should talk about that next. Um, you know, and it's funny that I and there's another segue that was happening in my head about Eclipse Phase, which was investigation, reporting. You know, it's funny that, it, you know, yours had a lot more battling in it. But, mm-hmm. uh, well, of course, you played multiple games of that. But yeah, the uh, yeah. first game sounded much more investigating and reporting. And that reminds me of Eclipse Phase. And whales with guns? <laughs> what do you mean, whales with guns? Um, uh, you know, that... That was wow. That was a very interesting. Well, we played together, by the way. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Myself, yeah, yeah. It was you, and it was Kelly, mm-hmm. and um, we all went to this game with open minds and open hearts because you know we you know played around with Eclipse Phase before. Yeah. Um, but wow, what a Dude, game, David! That give, was a, give our listeners a rundown. That was a weird doing one. A great job. Yeah. Okay, so that was a weird one. Eclipse Phase is published by Posthuman Studios. It's a role-playing game set in a, uh, what's called a transhuman timeline or transhuman world where people don't die anymore. We, we live forever. Um, and, and instead of like hopping into a spaceship and flying to a distant star or to uh, wherever, no, we figured out how to transport ourselves or our consciousness vast differences or distances, right? So, you know, maybe you live in a colony on the moon and you want to visit Mars. Well, that's a long trip if you go by spaceship, but you could instead just have your ego or your consciousness, you can have that scent. And then there's a body waiting for you. And And it may not be a human body. Right. So that's okay. So when we played a long time ago, we played mostly human-ish bodies you know like i think one of us was a like a monkey uplifted like a yeah like like kind of an intelligent monkey and then another person was like a a robot or something like that but we're all pretty close to human this game was bizarre i like like, it was weird so we were our egos were sent to a sun or a star dog star um and we were there to investigate missing persons some people had gone missing but calling them people is very kind i mean that's their egos went missing, i was you gonna their consciousness that were missing what they actually were were these giant whales and that's what we were in the game too we we're these giant 
star whales? Like I, I like okay. It took me a while. And, and by the way, what in the, we don't have NGT here or NDT. What what in the world is a star made of? Were we in magma or what were we yeah, floating yeah. around? In? So we're flying around in plasma, right? So the oh, the, wow. the stars like uh, hydrogen and helium fusion is going on. It's creating all this plasma, and these whales that were in like I. We're, lit- we're like larger than blue whales, but with this hide, the, the skin that allows you to survive somehow in a star. Like I, it, it took me a while to get to the grass, but there was another oh, guy at our table who struggled. He was like, what the hell? Whales with guns? <laughs> what have I got myself into? Yeah, so we were these sci-fi whales that could like sail in the sun like... I don't know, like sailing on the gravity oh, but, but or I the wasn't. plasma. Right. You were different. You that's were special. Right. I was you a were, robot ship. You were a sh- Yeah, okay, that's right. You were a whole ship. Not a person in a ship. The ship. That's right. Babylon 5. Think of that, that, right. that, that I was this consciousness, this id, right. um, ego that yeah. was implanted, I, I guess, in the, the circuitry of this ship that I was controlling my drones yeah. and I was flying around and I had another player living in my belly. Okay. And he was like, that was weird. He was like a sun salamander yeah, or something, yeah. fire creature. He was like the, he was like the party thief, you know, like yeah. he was the, the handyman, but he like was in your belly for the first half the game. He's stuck inside of your ship. And he's like, eh, well I'm sitting in here waiting to do something. <laughs> you know? So, all... so we spent, 30 minutes trying to figure out what the F our people are, right? And that poor dude in the corner kept going, I'm a whale with a gun? <laughs> he was so and lost. He was, he was so, so I, mean, yeah. I was lost too. But I eventually like got, got with the program. But he was like, we were, we were already had figured out why the people were gone. And he was like, all right, I guess I am a whale. This is weird, guys. <laughs> and, and so we had a neat adventure. And that's it. We took 30 minutes trying to get our hands around. Yeah. It's not really a whale. It's a solar whale. And right. it's bigger than this whale. And yeah. you got guns that you can shoot. And you're a ship. And you're a little salamander living in his belly. Yeah. And we kind of got through reading our character sheets and adventure setup. What did we what, what did we do there? Yeah, okay, okay. So, so the setup was these other solar whales had gone missing. And we were sent in to investigate. Because people don't just go missing. You got to, you know, these are highly valuable people. They're smart at what they do. And so why would they go missing? So we are sent in as an elite team to investigate what made them go missing. And if it's a threat, kill it. And sure enough, it's a oh, threat. snap, 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 snap. What? David. What? Were we the fucking A-team? <laughs> yes. Is that okay. what that was? Okay. We were, were absolutely we the A-team. galactic solar A-team? We were absolutely the solar A-team. Because we had our thief guy we had our like smarmy scientist i was the, i was the scientist the the guy with the plan right so i, I think i was face, face. yeah i think it was face. Or hannibal hannibal okay i might have been hannibal that's a good call yeah yeah. and then uh, kelly was b.a baracus definitely yeah she was the guns faux show because she had all the cool guns in the in the game oh hell i was murdoch man that was that crazy dude with all the drones and the airplanes <laughs> way too much gear <laughs> dude okay now never never got laid but go on <laughs> well you're a spaceship spaceships can't get laid but right. yeah so okay i should probably mention eclipse phase is a little different than other role-playing games because it's not about your body being tough because you swap out bodies all the time so you have this huge list of powers. Like I remember that was part of the deal. It was like <laughs> yeah. we were like, okay, my whale has a gun in it. 
I don't know how it aims the gun, but it has a gun in it. It has a fancy sensor suite. It can see every spectrum. Okay, it has a gravatic something or another. You know, like we went through, there must have been, what, two pages of, oh, yeah. of special oh, powers yeah. for each of us. We all had different powers. And they were all useful. They were all important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so they did a great job that everyone really got to be part of the adventure right. for that four hours. Yeah. Everybody had a different role to play, for sure. Absolutely. And like, the okay, one of the things I like about Eclipse Phase, it's a it's a percentile system, so you roll two dice, two D10s, you know, you figure out, do I roll a 26, do I roll a 58, you know, whatever that is. Um, and the cool thing about it is if you roll under your number, you make it, right? So if you have to roll a, under a 75, you roll under a 75, you make it, right? What makes the players better than everybody else is they have this power called moxie where you can say, hey, I didn't like my role. So I'm going to swap the two, the ones and the tens digit. So if I nice. rolled an 82 and that was going to cause me to fail, I could use my moxie to flip it to a 28 automatic success. Right? Oh, dear listener. How many times did I roll a 77? Yeah. Just want to let everybody know. <laughs> Yeah. Go on, though, David. Okay, so that's another thing, too. When you roll doubles, if you roll doubles under, like a 22, that's a critical success. You yeah. rock that out. But when you roll over, like a 77, like our buddy Rich here, <sighs> I think twice, at least, you rolled yeah. critical fails. It was a problem. Like, things started breaking fast. Watch the world burn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how you do that to yourself. But I don't know, man. Magic yeah, dice. Yeah. So so we're in this space. We're like, okay, it's weird. You're in a sun, right? So there's no cover. Mm-hmm. There's no terrain. There's no trees to hide behind. You're just like, I, I'm floating in plasma. I'm in plasma. Yeah. <laughs> the bad guys are in plasma. So we find the bad guys. There are a bunch of drones. We have to fight these drones. There's no way to hide. You know, you can't be like, I'm going to hide behind the big whale. Because you're also, like, you're a ship. But you're giant. You're as big as we are. <laughs> You know, <laughs> the only guy who was safe was the salamander living in your belly. Oh, not for long, though. Yeah. Not for long. Yeah. As soon as we found their base, it was like, there's a hole that's not that's not big enough to allow your entire huge whale bodies in. <laughs> and that's when we all looked at the salamander guy and went, oh, here's your part, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, I guess I'm going in. And then, okay, it was nuts because, like, he goes in. We can't help him, right? Yeah. He's by himself. We're out here fighting drones and deciding what to do. Now I remember there was a moment where it looked like he was going to get taken over or all oh, the artificial I, intelligence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an yes, there's yes, an yes. AI inside this base, inside this area that we were Ooh, fighting. He, Elon 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 Musk would have loved this Dude. adventure. Oh yeah, yeah. AI. This is all about yeah. how bad AI is, and Elon yeah. Musk would be like, "Yep, that's my jam." Yeah. <laughs> Third life. Yeah. So. So he's in there. This AI is fighting him tooth and nail, and it looked like he might get turned against us at one point. Yeah. And um, we're like, all right, well, if he turns on us, we're just gonna shoot him out of space. You know, like we're gonna turn Plan our big, B. yeah, our big whale guns on him and just <laughs> nuke him. Because <laughs> that's the only thing we had. Whales with guns. Either he was gonna solve all of the problems on his own, or we were gonna shoot him out of the sky. And that's like, that, yeah. was, that was our plan A and B. And he B. knew it. Yeah. And our GM knew it. And our GM almost killed him. I mean, it was, oh, it yeah. was a, 
Oh, and big props to our GM. Um, do you know if he was part of the uh, the main team there? He was a British guy. Yeah, was I don't... he part of the, the group or was he a helper? I, I've never seen him before. And, you know, okay, so the post-human studio guys, I don't know if, if you find these guys on the internet. Wow. Dude, they're all tatted up. They've all got face piercings. Our GM did not have face piercings. So I don't think he's a developer. (laughs) I think he's a friend. (laughs) Gotcha. I think something about posthuman, which was about as uh, that's that's crazy for me, right? Yeah, Yeah, he had head shaved on one side. Oh yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty crazy. Oh maybe. So yeah, maybe he's like he did a great job. Maybe he's like a a hangers. Like maybe he uh, contributes part time. (laughs) But Uh but to be a full time employee, you gotta get you gotta get face piercings and. Yeah, no, he was really good. He was real good at explaining to us. He's like, I know it's a lot. I know you got a lot on your plate, but you're space whales and you have guns. It's cool. (laughs) 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 He was fun. He was a really good GM for sure. Yeah. And we were successful, dear listener. Just uh, we We, did pull it through out of all that action. We made it come together. Yeah, we did. Now I asked him afterwards, like, okay, we were fighting this super tough bad guy. And he goes, Yeah, I could have made it tougher. I was like, Okay, well, how could you have made that tougher? Because it felt tough. You know, like we almost died several times. He's like, Oh, well, they start to hack your comms and they start to make you see phantom uh, signatures of of the bad guys. Or um or the comms, one of your buddies starts crying for help when he's fine. But everybody has to act like he's not. You know, so I mean, like, oh my gosh. you know, they, he, he was like, well, they could have done a whole lot worse to you. Um, I was like, oh, wow, okay, well, cool. Good to know that Eclipse Phase can get real dark real quick. Yeah. It's always sunny in Eclipse Phase. That just <laughs> sounds like all of a sudden you're shooting your friends. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I played one game where a guy who was like part part cyborg, part human, whatever, he got hacked in the middle of our run. And and the GM was like, hey, dude, you need to start going paranoid. And you got two rounds before you start shooting your friends. So just work towards that. And he was like, okay, cool. And he just went with it. I mean, props to him as a player. He got real crazy real quick, but it wasn't immediate. It was like... Oh. He started getting ticks, you know, and then the next round he started kind of bugging out at us like, hey, what are you, what are you guys doing? And Now, did the GM take him aside or pass him a note or did you guys all hear this was coming? He passed him a note. He was oh, like, here's a, here's a thing. Beautiful. Here's a thing. So we thought, oh, he's just acting a little weird, a little paranoid, no big yeah. deal. And then all of a sudden he's turning on us like, oh, okay, whoa. <laughs> he, up the poop shoot he's, looking, he, you know? he was hacked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's... <laughs> Eclipse phase, man, that's a fun game when you can get when you get it. Like that's one of those ones that, dude, it was sold out. I remember there was a year we tried to play and it was gone. You couldn't oh, get wow. it. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. by the way, our whale with guns guy, he definitely got into it about halfway through. Yeah. He started jumping in and having a really good time. <laughs> yeah. Once he got past it, he was like, Okay, yeah. screw it. I'm a whale with a gun. This is awesome. Let's kill some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Other big game, we got we got to talk about Super Robo Rally, right? Oh my gosh, how did we almost not talk about? Yeah, Super Robo okay. Rally? So Super Robo Rally, this is the fun. Okay, uh, we play this every year. So, so, set set up. How do we get into Robo Rally? 
You know, it's made with Legos, and it's and it's Robo Rally is a game by Richard Garfield years ago, and you put out these tiles, and every game's different because the tiles go out different, and some you mm-hmm. build, you follow up a pattern, mm-hmm. um, and the tiles are either you move on them and nothing happens, or you move on a tile and it turns you, or you move on a tile and it's a conveyor belt that moves you around. Um, you know what they all are, and you can plan for the tiles that are coming up, and you control a robot, and you program five moves. Mm-hmm. And your mission is to actually get to these five different squares that are flag one to flag five. And, in you order. know, you program in order. You're supposed to go to flag one first, flag yeah. two, flag three. And they're all over the board. You put them down in special spots to yeah. run onto them. And you program your five moves. And what's really unique about the game is the, the way things um, all shoot off at once. So, like, all the robots do their, you know, turn one move together. And then all the robots do their turn two move. And all yeah. the robots then do their turn three. And the really fun part is, is sometimes your turn one might put you right in front of another player who then pushes you. Or maybe you go right behind a player and you shoot them with your laser. Um, so, you know, everyone's trying to get to this one. So it really gets humorous when you yeah. get around a flag because everyone's trying to program. And then the minute you're moved off of the square you think you were going to be on, right? your program still keeps going. Right. But it's wrong. <laughs> and it could be really drastically wrong or it could be just a little wrong. Yeah. And it's kind of fun to play that way, right? It's kind of fun. But it's big. I mean, it takes up like a 20 by 20 space. It's super robo. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's, they, as, it's like as big as a classroom. I mean, it's, it's oh, a yeah. big space that they fill up here. And, and the robots are made from Lego Mindstorms. Yes. And they're actually using phones to program yes. them. And, you know, we played it like years ago and played by the rules. And then we were like, I don't know, man. Maybe this needs to be Super Robo Rally Deathmatch Push People Off the Damn Map All the Time game. <laughs> yes. So that's when I came into it. I never played the first time you guys played. But now, every year, when I land in Gen Con, I'm always the last guy there out of the crew. <laughs> when I land, the first thing I do is go to Gen Con to sit down at Super Robo Rally. This Lego Robo Rally, because you guys will have already been there, and you're all basically waiting for me and Kelly to show up. Um, yes. And, dude, it is a riot, because your crew is, I mean, we almost fill it up, right? Yeah, and um, that's the sad thing, isn't it? We always have, like, one spot <laughs> yes. left, and so there's some rando that's yes. down, and he's like, uh, I'm going to play this game. As we start to go nuts pushing everybody off the board, yes. and yeah, I apologize to the guy this year. I would look over and say, man, I'm really sorry. Yeah. And everyone laughs. Yeah, yeah, because he doesn't know. He doesn't know that this is super push you off the board deathmatch style where nobody is safe. Nobody. <laughs> and, okay, so one of the cool things is, so not only can you push each other off, but like as you're going along, your little robot shoots each other with a laser, right? And if you get hit, you take damage. And as you take damage, you get fewer choices on your moves. And eventually, you've taken so much damage that you can't even plan some of your moves for the turn. Now, the game will just give them to you. Be like, okay, well, you're still going to move five times. But those last three moves, you get no say in what happens. So the game decides for you. And so you've been trucking along. You're like, oh, man, I almost got rich off or I almost uh, got to the flag or whatever. And then you look down. You're like, all right, I I get to make one choice. (laughs) 
<laughs> do I go? <laughs> do I turn around or do I go forward? That's it. And then the computer has decided the rest of my actions for me. You got like two left turns and then uh, two forwards. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, where the hell am I going to end yeah. up? No clue. So, like, you end up in these crazy situations where, you know, like, some players moved in front of you and everybody realizes, oh, God, this might be a push moment. This might be, he may be going off, right? Push he may him be. off. Yeah. Push, push him, him off. off. Push, push him off. off. And we're chanting this. And, okay, it's so fun playing that game with this crew because we're always ch- chanting at each other and getting each other's like business and everything like that. And people start showing up, right? Because, you know, when you're playing it straight, everybody's all quiet and they're huddled in their phones and they're, I'm going to do tactical moves here. Meh, meh, meh. And then it's like, no, nah, man, I'm oh. pushing this guy off. And it's like, all of a sudden it's a party and these people show up out of everywhere just to sit and watch us play this play crazy this game. game and yeah. that's like this year the guy obviously after doing this so many years knows our our i, I mean dude at one point i thought they hated us because <laughs> it was like we would show up and it was almost like we're making a mockery of everything they've built but it, it that was never our intent um but you wonder if they thought that right. this year when we showed up they were like oh god dude we got the cameras we're gonna record this session and we're gonna put it online. Yes. And so they must have fun with us too, because we're up running around and oh, we're trying yeah. to pay off the Dude. programmer guy to give us better moves. That's and right. they, they they were making recordings this year and we need to get that video and post oh it. Oh my god, so I remember funny. that. Cause what was what was the guy's name? Um Davin. Davin, Davin. the programmer, man. Yes. You gotta get him on your side so you get all the straights <laughs> so you can knock people off the board. Remember, you're like, Davin, there's a five spot in it for you if you give me a bunch of straights. Yes. And then the next round, you got a bunch of straights. I and you're a like, bunch of straights. Davin, you're my man. <laughs> and then. Yeah, we, we, we had a pit this year. So that was the big oh, thing. Yeah. People pushed in the pits. It, was, was it, it wasn't in the middle, but it was, it was kind of towards one of the sides. Yeah. And yeah. I remember uh, you got. Who'd you. You got somebody, right? I dumped Ryan into the pit. Yes. And then unfortunately. Followed him. Right yes. It was just the you talked about the program moves, right? Right, right. So they were in there, and I thought I turned right, but because uh-huh. I did not have my positioning well, I actually turned left, <laughs> and then I was facing the pit, and I went yes. straight in next turn. So yes. yeah, that wasn't fun. But I, I remember, okay, game. when you knocked Ryan in, dude, you got up and you like victory r- lap ran around <laughs> all the chairs and around the boards like what. And people were high fiving you. I won the internet at that moment. It was like I won the internet. Oh man, it was awesome. It's so much fun because Ryan Ryan plays a little straight. Yeah, plays a little straight. He's pretty serious, and he likes to win, man. He doesn't like to lose. He's a winner. He likes to win games. Yes, yes, exactly. And everybody else there was like, "No, we're trying to push each other off." Yeah. I usually try and get everybody to gang up on someone, mm-hmm. and um, I think maybe I got a few people to gang up on Ryan this year. Yeah, so I'll have well, to pick a new target. I next remember. Uh, I mean, yeah, probably maybe next time because I, I think I won <laughs> that game. I think I because you pushed him in. I oh, that's right. I randomly ended up as the winner. <laughs> You're next year's chum. That's right. <laughs> Rob, but yeah, Rob was all over that too. Mm. Rob, Rob, your son, man, he was all about coming after me. He just was on the wrong side of the board a few times, but he was like, where's that? Where's David? I'm going to go shoot him in with my laser. <laughs> Dude, I I love Super Rover Alley. That is, I, I'm glad we get to do it every year. I'm, I'm, gl- I'm super glad 
that they seem to like and, us. And, you yeah, know? and that's one of those things. That's a board game, right? And right. you can play it at home, and you can yeah. have fun just like we do with yeah. it. You know, you can change the rules, house rules, you know, that yeah. kind of jazz. Yeah. But at Gen Con, there's no way to play it like that. There's no way to play it like that except for Gen Con. Right. Or, or whatever other cons those guys go to. Right. Um, with their, and, man, you talk about dedication. Those guys run that game. From like eight to eight or whatever. Oh wow! They're not having. They're not playing any other games. All yeah. they're doing is moderating. It takes like four or five of them. They're just moderating our games, and in hopefully having fun with us. Hopefully right. watching us. You know, watching us and making. You know, having a good time there. So hats off to that team. They did yeah. a great job. Well, I mean, you imagine like all the programming they did. Oh gosh. You know, getting Lego Mindstorm to play a game with a phone. You know, like where there's a phone touchscreen. Yeah, bizarre. <laughs> and then know, if, it, if it makes any little mistake, they get razzed from, oh, yeah. from us. Yeah. I mean, as soon as it like stops for a second, we're all like, boo! <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're being nice. We're having fun, but, you know. Yeah. You know they get razzed by other people that are really jerks. You know, oh, yeah, like, yeah. Pay yeah. $30 to do this. <laughs> this is not worth it. You know, but no, we have a good time. No, yes. it's always worth it when we show up, for sure. Yes, I think so. That's a yeah. blast. Yeah, that was a, that's a good one. That's a that's a fun. I hope we can keep that one in the rotation. Like every year, we got to hit Super yes. Robo Rally first thing. And you know what? I almost now that we talk about it, it's funny how you talk about these things. I almost don't ever want to buy the whole run. We always need to have some poor rando join us, <laughs> and that's like part of the pain. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> just, just like, sprinkling, oh, sorry, bro. just sprinkling in some fairy dust to to <laughs> make it magical. Yeah, for sure. I remember we had that kid one year that was like eight. And so we had to go PG rules. You know, oh, we couldn't no. curse because there's this little eight-year-old with his, with his mom. So everything became like frickin' and frackin' and... Yeah. <laughs> Rock this, you know what yeah. I mean? It was, yeah, everybody uh, used fake words for that one. <laughs> and she's probably giving you guys a side eye like, mm-hmm, I know mm-hmm. what you're saying. Yeah. Watch it. Watch it, you boys. Yeah. Oh, man. That's good stuff. So we're going to talk more about Gen Con, right? We have... Uh, some future episodes to talk about True Dungeon. We got to talk about Tower of Ga- Tower of Gygax. We oh, gotta wow, talk, yeah. yeah, we got to talk about Doctor Who, a couple other games. But uh, that was a that was a that was a fun con. Any other any other things that you wanted to talk about about Gen Con or about the about the show? You know, um, I definitely think it's one of those mecha trips that everybody should, you know, get their crew and um, get out to. Um, you know, I, I, you know, Origins is one I, I try to get to occasionally, and then there's Alcon down here in Houston that I'll run over to, um, and all of those are, are fun. But man, Gen Con is just—it's kind of crazy, you know, the, how big yeah. it is, the people. I yeah. always meet great people while I'm waiting yeah. in line or while I'm having something to eat or while we're having a drink and we're all elbow to elbow. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, gamers are, are really just, um, yeah, they may not shower all the time, but they're, they're pretty classy people. You know, they accept you for who you are and, you know, they, they really appreciate your stories as long as it's not about your 19th level bard, blah, 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 you know. <laughs> Don't tell those stories. Right. Tell tell your tell your super robo rally stories. Tell those yeah. stories. Those are the good ones. Amen. Yeah. I will say this year I didn't get any BO con funk like What? I don't know what it was, but the audience right. was I, they were on good behavior this year. The only one guy that was really st- David, are are we getting 
Are we no. becoming socially responsible? Are we becoming cool? Are geeks becoming cool? I hope not. Well, maybe. I'm okay with geeks bathing. I'm always okay with geeks bathing. Please, always. Good yeah, hygiene. Like part of that. Yeah, it's crazy nuts. But yeah. yes, you're right. Maybe yeah. it was. Maybe you know. Normally, I carry a little axe around, so I can kind of <laughs> you can just spray a guy. Dusting. Yeah, just a little dusting. Just a little. Psh, come on. Um, but yeah, I'm help you out. I didn't have to pop that or the hand sanitizer, and and I only lost my voice because of drinking and yelling, not right. from the punk. Yeah, not getting sick or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. was a good year. This was a really good year for the con. Man, let's go back. Yeah, fifty-one yeah. next year. Yeah, that's right. Amen, Yeah, definitely. Well, cool, man. Any um shout-outs or any uh, plugs you want to do before we close it out? Well, you know, we didn't talk about, uh, you know, I've been playing the Doctor Who role-playing game for probably about three years, uh, hmm. you know, pick it up here, pick it up there as I go to a con and as a participant. And um, I finally broke down and grabbed enough source material over the past couple uh, cons to to run an event. And I am going to kick another item off on Roll20. So oh. for any listeners out there that are um, familiar with Roll20 or those that aren't, you know, go... It, they're not a sponsor, but I'm about to make like a sponsor pitch. Yeah. Go check out Roll20. Um, real great <laughs> site, real great people. Real live playing Dungeons and Dragons. Um, they play a lot of games on there. And yeah. uh, one that I'll, um, I started building and I'll probably kick off near the end of September for, um, you know, anybody that wants to play would be a Doctor Who role playing game. Uh, cool. And I hope to kind of keep that going over the course of the year, kind of fix my uh, feed of having to, you know, role play and uh, maybe meet some new people online. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's about it. Other than that, I got a board game geek con coming up here in Dallas that uh, I'm looking forward to attend with Ryan, um, one of our crew. Nice. Uh, so yeah, that might be about it. But you know, awesome. if you have me back sometime, maybe I'll I'll chat a little more about board game geek con. Well, yeah, we'll definitely have you back for sure, and hopefully we can talk a little bit more about what you're doing with the Doctor Who game. That that'll be fun to to hear about. Cool. Um, the only other thing I want to talk about is a quick plug for my buddy Lisa and her podcast. She has a really nice podcast called I Love That Movie, and it's all about mm. people who love a movie getting on with her as a guest and talking about that movie and how how important it is to them or how fun it is or how amazing it is to them. It's a really cool podcast, and I have to credit Lisa with uh, giving me some encouragement to do this podcast. So, uh, Lisa, cool. for listening, thank you. I wouldn't have done this without that uh, little little nudge, so thank you. And uh, thanks, Rich, uh, for wait, coming. Wait, wait, wait. Lisa, when you go to do Lady Hawk, call me. Call me. Lady Hawk. Call Lady me. Hawk. That's the movie you want to talk yeah. about. Okay. All right. Matthew Broderick. Ooh, great yeah. movie. <laughs> she, you, she has a Facebook group. I'll, uh, I'll get you invited. So you can just oh. go in there and be like, hey, I want to talk about Lady Hawk, and she'll, she'll jump at it for sure. Yeah, so um, – so yeah, I just wanted to say that, and thanks, Rich, a ton, man, for coming on today and talking about Gen Con with me, and we'll definitely do this again. Thanks for having me, and uh, dear listener, thanks for uh, joining us. Yeah, thank you all. Have a great day. 